Good morning. Welcome to Trinity's Daily Podcast. Uh, my name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at the church, and it's good to gather with you on this Wednesday. We're going to read a passage from Matthew 25, actually a somewhat strange story that Jesus tells, and then we'll pray and see if we can hear the Lord today. So I'll begin reading in verse 31 of Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? The king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it, to one of the least of those who are members of my family, you did it to me. And then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. And then they will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray before we think. God, we ask you to help us to see truth to receive truth in a really challenging passage, um, a, a really hard, hard to embrace passage. We don't like to hear stories about eternal punishment. Um, we certainly don't want to hear uh, that it could be confusing for us to know how we're serving and what we're supposed to be doing. And so God, we just ask you to help settle our hearts, help us to see two things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So there are a couple of things going on here before we get into the provocative bits of the text. Number one, I think we need to understand Jesus at the very beginning is saying there will come a day where he will return, where the king, Jesus, will come back as king. He will finish what he starts. And that's really important. This is a story that alludes to ultimate judgment, and yet... Before we get down into the, the distressing parts of that story, I think we need to remember that God finishes his projects, that Jesus is going to return. We have all kinds of unfinished projects at play in life. Uh, you probably started the COVID-19 shelter season thinking you were going to get all kinds of stuff done, and maybe you haven't got to many of those things. God's not like us. He finishes what he starts. Jesus will return for his people. The second thing we see at the very beginning is that he will sit down on his throne. And in the Jewish world, for a king to sit meant that he was finished with his work, that he completed it. And I think it's really important that you hear that as you remain with God, he will complete 
work in your life. You will be finished. You will be fulfilled one day. But what Jesus says as he's reminding us of his kingship and the inevitability of there being a sense of settledness in his work is he says there will be sheep and goats. If you look at the Bible, sheep are generally viewed in Scripture as righteous and goats as wicked. Sheep are more valuable, less stubborn. They are uh, they prefer open spaces at night, whereas goats are less valuable, so less fluffy. They're more stubborn, and they prefer to be kept inside a pen so as to keep warm. So as a result of their greater value and utility, it was common for farmers to possess far more sheep than goats. And I find it interesting just that Jesus is using this analogy of the sheep and the goats to to speak to the state of your own soul. And he's going to one day separate the sheep from the goats. If you're uh, paying attention at all right now to your life and the lives of those around you, you recognize that the good and the bad, wicked and righteous are all right together, just like sheep and goats would have been in a, in a flock. And so as we summarize what Jesus is saying here, sheep, and that's where you want to be, uh, fluffy, less stubborn, able to self-regulate out in the open. Goats are less fluffy, more stubborn, unable to live out in fields. They need to be pinned up. So we can probably imagine where this story is heading as we learn a little bit about the way sheep and goats were viewed in Jesus's day. But we have to be careful. On the surface, it might appear as if Jesus is preaching a sermon, you know, do good things, visit people in jail, you'll be fine. If you don't visit people in the hospital, don't take care of their needs, you're not going to be okay. While it's true that God wants us to serve, he's not just telling us a story here to get us working hard for him. I think we're supposed to see something here. Jesus is saying, this is the way I am. These are the things I do. I want you to be like me. So what Jesus is trying to get us to see here is that he willingly, joyfully entered into the brokenness of the world. He met us in our hunger and thirst, our needs. He's covered our shame, our nakedness. He's visited us in our bondage, our prisons of our own making in order to set us free. So what we might say is that Jesus is telling a story to describe his instinctual desire to pursue us when we're vulnerable, to enter into our brokenness and shame and cover those places, and to engage us when we're in bondage in order to bring freedom. Jesus is saying something about himself, and then he says, I want you to see me for who I am and then learn to be like me. See, if we mistake a story like this and think it's just about checking certain boxes of social justice, we'll miss the whole point of what those acts of service are supposed to be in the first place. We're meant to serve because Jesus served. We're meant to be like Jesus and then do the things that he does. So he's not saying get to work. He's not saying get busy. He's saying, see me for who I am and then do the things that I do. See, if we serve those who are the least of these, we get outside ourselves and fight uh, to clothe and feed and care for and visit those who are marginalized, we must do so out of an awareness that we're simply following Jesus and being like him, doing the things that he would do, that he is doing. See, I think Jesus is ultimately asking each and every one of us whether we're going to follow him and learn to respond to him, to be influenced by him. I think Jesus actually wants to make a claim on your life so that your life would ultimately, as you grow closer to him, look more and more like Jesus. But there are times where we don't do these things. 
I find it so interesting that even the good folks, the the sheep in the story, they didn't know that they were doing anything profound. They were simply doing what came naturally. They were living outside themselves. They were actually living like Jesus, presumably because they were connected to Jesus. And those who weren't doing the good things, the goats, they didn't know they were doing something selfish and terrible. They were just being the kinds of people that they are. And I think that a story like this, a teaching like this from Jesus, actually invites us all to recognize and admit that we're all becoming certain kinds of people. This is an unavoidable truth, in my opinion. You're becoming a type of person, either looking more and more like a sheep or looking more and more like a goat. Christianity acknowledges that there will be an accounting for what and who we become. And so the judgment, it, it's such an alarming notion for so many Christians. And yet all Jesus is saying here is that who you become in the end will become obvious and irrevocable. And he's going to separate those who have become responsive from those who have refused to be responsive. Essentially, what Jesus is saying is, we will be what we will be. But what we have right now is an invitation and an opportunity while it's true that if we move far enough away from God, we will ultimately be away from God, right now it's not too late for any one of us. I believe that now is an opportunity, maybe a, a unique opportunity, to take inventory, to use the season of tumult and upheaval that we're in as an invitation for us to stop and ask questions about the kinds of people that we're becoming. The truth of the matter is it's not too late for us. Uh, we haven't reached Judgment Day, but I think what Jesus is trying to get us to see here is that who you are today actually will inform who you will be tomorrow, and on and on and on. And if we don't arrest certain negative processes, we might become the kinds of people we don't want to be. And so I think today is an opportunity to look at your life, to admit where you are, and then ask God for grace and for help, and maybe for some of us for forgiveness so that we might begin to get on the right path. So maybe the truest thing, the best thing we could do today is to stop and say, God, how am I doing? God, where am I headed? And begin to take stock, inventory, and then make some new choices. God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you when we see you. Amen.